0: Good morning. Welcome to Cross Timbers Baptist Church.
1: Good morning. It's good to to be here today. It's the already the first Sunday in June and it's a great day to gather together in the name of the Lord and thankful that we can sing wonderful songs like we just finished to remind us of the goodness of the Lord Jesus who is our our light that shines in the darkness and he's the light that dispels all the darkness. And so we come together and we worship in his name and we are so glad That you've chosen to spend this time with us here at Cross Timber, whether you're a regular member, you're a regular attender, or you're visiting for the very first time or the second or third time, it's our pleasure that you have joined us today. Just to remind you, we have a little card in our bulletin that looks like this. It's a great way to um, communicate with us. If you have questions or would like to find out information or share information, you can just fill out this little card and put it in the offering plate. When we pass it in just a few moments, also on the back side of the card, there's a place to share your prayer requests. We would we would love to join with you in prayer about anything, and if you just list that on there, we will be sure to uh, to pray with you about that. Also, we just ask that when you do fill us out, you would just check and let us know whether or not it's okay to share that over our email to all of the church family. Um, we want to respect your your privacy, and if you Want to just share that with the church office? Um, we'll still pray for it, but if we can send it out of the email, then all the church family can be praying as well. And we rejoice in the privilege of prayer, and we're most thankful that we pray to a God who hears and a God who who answers our our prayers. Let me just highlight a, a few things before we read this morning from the first chapter of Zechariah. I'm going to give you the heads up so you can find it um, if you. Find the book of Matthew and back up a little bit. Um, you'll you'll find it right there. Um, you'll find Malachi and then back up and you'll find Zechariah, and we'll be reading there, reading the first six verses. But I want to just give you a, a little bit of information. First of all, to uh, to let you know, by way of report, last week at the conclusion of our service, um, we had a, a call business meeting for the purpose of of affirming or selecting two additional deacons um, for our deacon body. Just would like to, uh, to report back to you that that, um, that vote was overwhelmingly in, in favor of the two gentlemen, and both the gentlemen are willing to serve, and they are Kevin Qualls and Raleigh Ennis, and so we are excited about that, and I know the, the current deacons are excited to add two more gentlemen um, to the fold to help in the work of ministry, so we are excited. Just be in prayer for them and their families, and we are excited about that. Um, just two other brief Things just to remind you, men, uh, men's breakfast tomorrow morning six thirty at the Elk Diner, and uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that, men, if you're available, if your schedule allows. Also, normal Wednesday activities eleven o'clock, our our noon Bible study with with lunch, and then prayer meeting and youth activities at six thirty here at the church. And then at the end of our service, just remind you first of all, so you can get it twice. Um, Um, Ladies Connect is this Thursday at 6. I'm going to be meeting at Maude Pizza for a time of fellowship, and and Deborah will share a little bit more about that at the end of the service. Uh, Before we pray for our offering, I'd like us us to read from Zechariah chapter 1. We're going to read the first six verses. We've started to study that with our um, Wednesday Bible study, so if you're interested in in one of the, the minor prophets and would like to join us, we'd love for you to be a part of that. But in this, we have a wonderful promise from the Lord that I would like us to um, to reflect on as we begin this morning and pray. So Zechariah writes in the eighth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Edo, saying, the Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, thus declares the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers. To whom the former prophets cried out, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded, my servants, the prophets, did they lose... Do they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so has he dealt with us. Rejoin me as we pray. Father, this morning we are grateful that we can gather in your name and we reflect on as we pray the the promise, the declaration, that you invite us as your people to return to you and you give us the promise that you will return um, to us. And so, Lord, we ask that this morning as we begin our worship that you would give us hearts that long for your presence. You would give us hearts and consciences that are attuned to the, the sin and the things that keep us from worshiping you in our hearts. And, Lord, that we would come before you honestly. We would confess our sins before you and be cleansed. Lord, if we feel like we've wandered away, that today would be the day that we would come back to you knowing that you will meet us. And Lord, for those that have never made that decision to walk toward you and to trust you in faith, Lord, that today could be and would be the day of salvation. We're thankful for the wonderful gift of repentance and we thank you that as sinful people that we have the gift of forgiveness and that we have freedom in Christ. This morning as we... We worship as we sing. or we ask that you would help our hearts to, to express the, the gratitude of our hearts, help our mind to focus on the wonderful gift of salvation. And Lord, help us to be strengthening and encouraged as your people as we daily enter the battle that's all around us. Lord, help us to live lives that that please you, lives that... Make a difference, that we would be salt in life and light in the world that we're in. Lord, as we deal with the ongoing reports of, of sadness and tragedy around our world, we're reminded that that evil is present, that the days are, are dark, that we call for you to come quickly, Lord Jesus. But in that time of waiting, we ask for both perseverance to stand firm, and for an eagerness and an earnestness to share the good news about the Savior. Lord, we thank you that we have the privilege of, of giving our gifts to you through offerings and tithes, and we ask that you would take what we, we offer to you and use it to just further your work here in this community and even around the world. Help us as we worship Lord, to listen with our ears, to concentrate with our minds, and to apply what we learn with our hearts. We thank you for the gift of faith, and we thank you that you were able to increase it in our lives. And we thank you for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.
0: It's you.
2: stand and sing with us this morning.
0: feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do.
1: He would just take a moment and talk privately to the Lord and tell him how great and how wonderful he is. What a privilege we have to worship such an amazing creator. Lord, our words have a hard time expressing how really truly great you are. But we thank you that when we sing a song about your greatness, it stirs our hearts and our minds. It brings out the desire to worship you. So Lord, in this time that we continue worshiping through your word, draw us near to you through the truth of your word and help us to apply it to our lives. Teach us Help us to hear, to lay down our, our pride, our stubbornness. Help us to listen and to obey. We trust you to do that by your word and your spirit, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible, just invite you to turn over to, to 2 Peter chapter 1. If you open the back of your Bible... You can find the book of Revelation, and you can move backwards. You'll find Jude, 3rd, 2nd, 1st, John, and then right there before it, you'll find the small letter of 2nd Peter. And we'll start reading there in verse 1 in just a moment. But as we get started, you may or may not have at least heard one of these phrases, and maybe they've been part of your vocabulary at some point, maybe even just in this past week. If I can just make it through the day. Maybe some of you have said that. Or, I'm just going to keep my head down and do my best to survive. Or, I can't wait for the day to be over. Tomorrow just can't seem to come soon enough. Or, if you're a fan of the movie The Princess Bride, to the responding to the exclamation, we'll never survive, you're only saying that because no one ever has. Let's just be honest. Life is is hard. We deal with work. We have to deal with money and finances. We have health to worry about. We have family. And on top of all those things, there are concerns in the world going on right now that loom over us. The upcoming Supreme Court session and their ruling on Roe v. Wade and abortion, the ongoing war over a hundred days long in Ukraine, the the tragic senseless shooting in Uvalde and the shooting in Tulsa and the other places, the the cover up of of sexual abuse by our own Southern Baptist Convention and the ongoing struggles we have as a country and a world with sexual sin, gender dysphoria, and all other kinds of challenges. And in the middle of all these things that are difficulties, let me just tell you this, God intends and wants His people to thrive. Because let's be honest, the world needs Christians that are living their lives in a way that pleases God. People that are filled with the Holy Spirit. People that are messengers of hope to a hopeless world. People that are doing their part in the places they live to push back the darkness. That are showing real love regardless of circumstances and that are about the business of sharing the good news news. See, God didn't make you simply to survive. It's not about waking up in the morning and going to bed at night and just checking off on the calendar, well, I made it through that day. You're made to thrive. And I want to discuss with you this morning, as we start looking at for the next several weeks, this small letter in Second Peter, that, that thriving faith in Jesus transforms and empowers Christians to live authentic and abundant lives regardless of the circumstances. Now, let me repeat that, because it's kind of a mouthful, that thriving faith in Jesus transforms and empowers Christians to live authentic and abundant lives regardless of the circumstances. You see, Paul, or Peter, the apostle, wrote a letter to some early Christians that needed to know that they should thrive in the world they were living in. And this little letter teaches us the same lesson today. So we're going to read only the first four verses today. We're going to Say a brief prayer and then we're gonna we're gonna dig in. But in Second Peter chapter one, verse one, Peter writes these words. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted us, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. Jesus, as we begin learning how you would like us to thrive, help us to learn from your word and by your spirit. And we trust you to help us in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me just give you a little bit of background about this book. Second Peter, obviously, because it's titled Second Peter, most scholars believe that it was likely written by Peter, not just any Peter, but Peter who was one of the twelve, one of those Galilean fishermen that answered the call of Jesus to follow him and become fishers of men. It's one of two books in the Bible written by Peter. We have First Peter and Second Peter. A little bit of difference between the two. First Peter was written to encourage Christians that were going through hardships and persecution. 2 Peter is more of a letter of warning against false teaching, along with sharing the key to, to standing firm in the day that we live and they live, to have an active faith or to live the abundant life. So it gives us some critical information about how we can build strong faith how we should be firmly rooted in Christ and to continue growing in Christ throughout our days. And there's a key word in the book. It's mentioned 13 times, either the word know or the word knowledge. And we're not talking about head knowledge, something that would make you the the Jeopardy champion or to win a trivia contest. That's just facts or intellect. It's, It's a heart knowledge. It's a Knowledge that comes through close relationships, specifically with Jesus, that grows over time. And so if you look all the way at the end of the book, chapter 3, verse 18, you find this phrase, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And so the entire book is about... Growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. And as we study through the book together, we'll learn about how we form Christian character in our lives. We'll see the solid foundation that we have in God's Word that He's given us. We'll look at the danger of false teachers and false teachings. And we'll share in the hope of Christ's future return. But for today, we're only going to look at the first four verses. And we're going to begin with verse 1. And we find, and you'll find in your bulletin, three simple points that will help us through these verses. And the first thing is he begins with a humble introduction. The typical letter that was written in those days always began with a simple formula of from and to think you'll probably remember those days in elementary school if they still teach that when you learned how to address an envelope, you know, and you would have, you know, your the person you're writing to goes in the, in the center part and who's it from goes in the, in the top left corner, of the stamp goes on the other side. Well, Paul, Peter begins by saying it's from him to these believers. And then following that from and to, there's usually a greeting and a blessing. And we're told, because it's written there, that it's from Simeon Peter, a servant of the, a servant and apostle of Christ. Now, don't get thrown off by Simeon because you may think, well, hang on, it says Simeon there, but earlier when you you read about Peter in the Gospels, it's Simon Peter. Simeon is simply the the Hebrew spelling of Simon, so it's the same guy. The name Peter was the name given to him by. Jesus, remember, he was called the rock. He's one of the twelve disciples, those followers of Jesus, the the same one who denied Jesus those three times and was restored by Jesus after the resurrection. And he identifies himself two ways. First, as a servant of Jesus Christ. I think it's important, and we'll look at it in a second, that he begins with the word servant. It's actually the word slave. It's the word doulos in Greek. Peter recognized that he had been redeemed by Christ. He had been purchased. And now he belonged to Christ, united to him by his own choice. He decided to follow Jesus and united himself with him. And now he serves Jesus as his master and he serves others as unto the Lord. He is at first and foremost a servant. But after that, he says he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's commissioned there on that sea of Galilee. He walked with Jesus those three years. He was an eyewitness both to his death and his resurrection. And he ministered in the early church with the authority and the power of Jesus. So it's from Peter, and it's written to the verse tells us those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a mouthful. It's a lot. Now, most people believe that this was the second letter that Peter wrote to these Christians. In fact, in chapter 3, verse 1, he references the fact that this is his second letter. It's obvious, because we can see it there, that these people are Christians. They're followers of Jesus. Jesus. And we can learn two things from this introduction. First of all, we see that Peter sees all believers as equals in the faith. Now imagine yourself in this position. You were someone who had lived with Jesus. You had seen Jesus die. You'd seen him raised from the dead. You saw him ascend to heaven. You were there at Pentecost, and by the way, this is Pentecost Sunday when the Spirit fell down and Peter preached this fiery sermon filled with the Holy Spirit, full of boldness, and many people were saved. And he says that you have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. What's he saying? The same faith that saved Peter is the same faith that saved all believers, the same Holy Spirit that filled Peter is the same Holy Spirit that filled all believers. And we are reminded of this truth. God shows no favoritism. His power and His presence are available to all who trust in Christ without exception. Male or female, Jew or Greek. Highly educated, barely educated. If you've got Jesus, you've got His power. So he sees all believers as equals in the faith, but also Peter identifies Jesus as the object of faith. So when we talk about faith or the faith in the Bible... It's never just faith in circumstances or faith in, in facts. It's faith in a person by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Christian life is all about faith in the person of Jesus, trusting that he is both God and he is the one and only Savior. It's what distinguish, uh, just distinguishes us from all other religions or other pseudo-forms of Christianity. And Peter wrote this letter with both authority and humility. It's there in the phrase, servant and apostle. He's transformed by God's grace. He's grown closer to Jesus throughout the years, and he's not nearly the boastful, prideful young man that he was. He's growing old. He's near the point of his death, and he writes with great care and urgency. I think it paints a beautiful picture of what a mature believer ought to be. That through their life, they grow to be more like Jesus. And their desire is to see other believers grow in Jesus too. I mean, I don't know about you, but I want to be like that too. To not stop growing, but to continue growing and to help other people along the way. And that's what Peter did. And after his humble introduction, Peter pronounces in verse 2 a powerful blessing. It's true that when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, God's blessings overflow from their lives. Blessed people bless other people. So it would be natural for someone who was filled with God's Spirit to be a blessing to others and to speak words of blessing. When I was thinking about what does it mean to bless someone, it's more than catching someone right after they sneeze so they feel like it's okay. You know, I don't know how many unblessed sneezes you have in your your life, but um, I'm sure that um, we'll be okay if some of them sneak by. But to bless someone, I, I thought of it this way, it's being led by the Spirit to speak meaningful truth from God's Word or about God to another person. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been some times when somebody just walks up to me and says, I want to bless you in the name of the Lord. I'm thinking, okay, it's a blessing. It's in the name of the Lord. My ears perk up. My mind's active. I want to hear what they have to say. Usually, it's a verse of Scripture or it's a reminder of God's truth. And and blessing someone is powerful. It's, it's needed. And I would argue that, that it, it needs to happen more often. And the blessing, listen, verse 2, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Anybody here have all the grace they need? You're kind of, you know, no? Anybody kind of full of peace and just really don't really need it? No. But this verse says, "May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God connecting it and of Jesus our Lord, connecting it to the person of Jesus Now I said earlier, you know knowledge is is more than facts, and you know unfortunately, pews across America are filled with people that that know facts can answer questions, but many don't enjoy a relationship, and this knowledge that we're talking about comes through a relationship, and the deeper that relationship goes, the deeper the knowledge comes. And so we could say it this way, that knowing Jesus personally is the beginning point of faith, that's how we enter into faith, through relationship, but it also is the only way to continue in the faith. So we start out with Jesus, and we walk along with Jesus all the way, and there's never a moment that we can do it without Jesus. And when we know Jesus, we receive what the Bible calls his righteousness. Simple way to understand that means is by faith in Jesus, we have right standing before God. That while we stand before God on our own, guilty and condemned, Jesus stands in our place, sinless and perfect. And when God looks on us, when we trust in Jesus by faith, he sees the perfectness of Jesus standing in our place, and His righteousness is credited to us. So His righteousness is the key, but we also get His grace. God looking upon us with favor because He loves us. And it's grace that gives us what we don't deserve. Oh, and God's grace, oh, what does it offer? Forgiveness of sin, salvation, salvation, Reconciliation, both with God and with other people. Abundant living. And then that future reward that we look forward to, eternal rewards in heaven. And why the simple question? Because He loves us. God's gracious toward you today because He loves you. You're on His mind and in His heart. And with that righteousness and grace comes His peace peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. It means things are put together and complete the way God wants them to be. Everything is set in the way God intends. And so for us to experience God's peace, it's to be settled and content in Jesus no matter the circumstance. You can see how that is important as we look to move in our lives from just surviving to to thriving but he doesn't just say you're going to get some grace and some peace he says may they be multiplied to you that word means to to make full to grow or to increase i learned a little bit about multiplication and i you know you remember if you multiply something times two it gets a little bit bigger multiply it times four it gets even bigger and times eight even a hundred times 10,000, the bigger the, mul- the, the number you add, the bigger it gro- more it grows. God says that His grace and His peace are multiplied to you. So multiply at times infinity. It just continues to grow and grow. And as you and I grow in our relationship with Jesus, we experience more and more of His grace and His peace. It doesn't run out. We don't get to the end. Another word we could use for multiply is the word abound. We talk about living the abundant life. And when we live abundantly in Jesus, we experience more and more of Jesus. And in that abundant life, we abound in God's grace and mercy. Which means there's more than enough to go around for everyone and Peter wanted his readers and I believe God through the spirit is teaching us today that we should experience life to the very fullest and that's not a best life now type statement it's not you know go out and get the best job and have the most money and the best stuff no it's It's not settling in your life for just getting by. It's not just going through the motions. It's not living a life that's full of deception or distraction. It's not being beat around by the conditions that you're in. But no, it's living so close to Jesus, being filled with His Spirit, that you are just surrounded in a sea of His grace and Don't you want to thrive like that in your walk with Jesus? Doesn't that sound a whole lot better than just getting beat up and then surviving, you know? I think about boxers. I, I don't watch boxing anymore, but, you know, usually, you know, there's those those scenes in the movies where the the, the bell rings and the guy gets out there and, man, he is just getting pummeled because he's not as good as the other guy, you know? And he takes a couple of shots to the head. He goes down. He gets up, you know, and, and he's just, you know, running around the ring trying to save his own life, and then very, you know, right at the very last minute you hear, ding, 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 and the bell rings. And I think some of us, we live our life like that. We get beat up by the world all day long, and we wait for the bell to ring, which means we get to go to sleep and not think about it. And we wake up the next day, and it ding, the round starts again. And we're running around the ring being beat up by the world. But God never intended for that to be the way things are. He never wanted you to live your life unchanged. He wants you to continue to grow and be transformed. Look what he did for Peter. What a difference we can see in this man's life. First of all, he's a professional fisherman. Then he becomes an energetic and impulsive disciple. Then he's a bold preacher at Pentecost. And now, mature in age, near the point of death, he's longing to see others transformed as well. And so in verses 3 and 4, we see that he gives them and gives us an important reminder. Now, why do we need to be reminded of things? It's pretty obvious, because we we forget. We can write it down, but if you're like me, you forget where you wrote it down. And so um, we do what we can to remember things because we forget, or we maybe just lose focus on what's most important. And so when we look at our Bible, our Bible is honestly filled with reminders to help us remember things that we should never forget, things that are important and vital for life. And God didn't just leave us to ourselves in the Bible. He gives us the Holy Spirit to bring things to our memory, to help us to Remember, And so here, Peter reminds every believer of a very important truth. Look at verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. I love the way the New Living Translation states it. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And we can see exactly what God has given us when we look at this verse. Have you ever been to the store, maybe Walmart or Ikea, and you buy something and it just happens to be something that needs to be put together? You know, on the outside of the box it says, Some Assembly Required. Now, that can be a challenge, but it's also a bonus when you open it up and you find that the tools are included. And hopefully a good set of instructions. But you know that inside that box, everything you need to complete the project is there and all you need to do is to read and follow the instructions. And I think the same thing is true in our in our life that you know when we begin this journey of faith with with Jesus that while it's a work in progress that lasts our entire lives every tool that we need is already in our toolbox. He's given us everything we need to live A godly life. So, what did he give us? We, well, Peter tells us that he's given us the promises of his word, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Two words to describe his promises: precious and very great. That this gift that we have of God's promises—they're always useful. They never go out of date. And they're living and they're active. They're just as meaningful now as they were to the first ones to read it. And these promises of God's Word are precious like a fine diamond. And His Word is great or magnificent that nothing compares to it. That even though human words can be very influential or persuasive, it comes doesn't even come close. To what God's word is. The greatest promise you've ever heard from an individual, from a human being, just pales in comparison to God's promises because He'll never fail and He'll never get up. I don't know if you know much about John Bunyan. You may know that he wrote The Pilgrim's Pro- Progress. You may not know that he spent the majority of his life in a prison cell because of his faith. But listen to what he wrote about God's promises. The pathway of life is covered so thickly with the promises of God that it is impossible to take one step without stepping on one of them. So they're so thickly placed that you can't even take one step without stepping on one of God's promises. They're precious. They are very great. we ought to give thanks to God each and every day for His promises that are always true, that give us the help we need to walk in truth every day. But along with those promises, we have His presence. Jesus promised that He would send His Spirit, and His Holy Spirit dwells in the heart of every believer. The second part of that verse, "...so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature." many times in the writings of the Apostle Paul. Paul uses the phrase, in Christ. And you can almost place these two statements up together, side by side, equal to one another. That being a partaker of the divine nature means to be in Christ. That you place your faith in Jesus, and Jesus is in you by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is, at the same time, all that we need, and also the need that we have all of the time, because He is life, He is salvation, He is victory. And if you have the truth of God's Word and Jesus in your life, the Bible is clear, you have everything you need to grow closer to God. Think about this for a moment, some of the places where God's, where the church is growing the most and where people are coming to faith are in places where people have the very least of resources. Places in, in Africa, places in the Middle East, places where it is hard to be a Christian, places where when you place your trust in Christ, you're almost assuredly signing a death warrant if you come into the right hands. And those places where it's the hardest to worship, the church is growing and flourishing and thriving why? Because they've come to the place of knowing that Jesus is all they need. And you know what else? Jesus is all they have. And Peter reminds us that if you have Jesus, you have everything you need to move away from the ways of the world and the temptations of the flesh. He's given us what we need, provisions to live a godly not life. Why? Because when we become followers of Jesus, we get a new nature and that new nature comes with a new way of living. Rescued from the domain of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of His beloved Son. But at the same time, while that deliverance has taken place, our old nature still hangs around our flesh. The part of us that gives in to temptation all too frequently and we fight against it every day. The Bible's clear. God has made a way of escape for us and he says, Peter, that having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. That's given us the tools we need to stand against the culture, to stand against our flesh. The responsibility we have is to acknowledge we can't do it on our own to repent and, and take a stand, and then to trust in Jesus to deliver us. So in these four short verses, we see an introduction from Peter, a blessing of grace and peace, and then we're reminded that God has given us everything we need to, to thrive. Honestly, I'm excited about spending time in Second Peter with you on these Sunday mornings because I, I truly believe God has Plenty for us. Plenty to say. And, and I, I can speak for myself. I have um, have so much room left for growth that I'm excited to see what God might want to do. And the truth is the world around us needs you and I to, to thrive in our faith. So let me just remind you about what we said at the beginning, that thriving faith in Jesus transforms and empowers Christians to live authentic and abundant lies regardless of the circumstances. You'll hear that phrase again and again as we work through this section. But let me just tell you a story. Some of, I may have talked about the fact that we have a garden and one of the largest prettiest plants in our garden is this squash vine. Now I don't know if you've beheld the beauty of a squash vine, but they have wonderful pretty blooms. It's loaded with it and Squash seem to appear and quickly grow almost overnight. Um, they're miraculous. I would love to be able to sit out there and watch it just to see because it seems like they, you know, they grow like four or six inches in a single night. And in spite of the drought and the heat, with a little help from my mother-in-law and, and a garden hose, um, it's, it's thriving. It's huge. It's growing and it's bearing fruit. And that's what I want for you and me. To grow in Jesus. To grow in His grace and mercy. To deepen our relationship with Him. To to bear fruit that's going to last. That's for the benefit of other people and that brings glory to our God. And that even though harsh conditions exist around us, things we wish we didn't have to see, things we wish were not so, things we wish we could that in the midst of these circumstances, both internal and external, we can thrive. We can thrive in Christ. We can be victorious, spirit-filled, loving, impactful, bold witnesses. Men and women who are known by our love, who seek after truth, who live with hope, who follow in obedience as disciples transformed and empowered by the holy spirit. So I want to share three things with you. These are kind of your your homework or optional work depending on how you choose it. One thing is I want there's one verse that I want us to memorize. We're going to start with this one. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So in the coming days and weeks, I want you to work on memorizing that verse because it reminds us of the truth that we have everything we need to thrive. A second thing is I want to give you, um, you know, summer's here and you may have time to do some reading. I want to recommend two books to you to read. One is called The Coming Tsunami by Dr. Jim Denison. Um, Dr. Dennison has the Dennison Forum, which is um, a ministry... In Dallas, that helps to enlighten Christians about um, items that um, affect our world from a biblical perspective. so he takes real world things and gives us the biblical perspective of that. And he has recently written and published a book called "The Coming Tsunami," that is, is very enlightening in letting us know that the things that are influencing or have already influenced our culture and what perhaps our response should be. It's readily available just about anywhere. You can just Google The Coming Tsunami and you can order it on your favorite um, medium. The second um, is written by Miles Stanford and it's called The Green Letters. It's a little older. It's a short book filled with brief chapters. And my hope in this is if you choose to read these two, one, The Coming Tsunami will be a wake-up call and let you know a little bit about what culture is like today and what we can do about it. The Green Letters is all about... Growing in your relationship with Jesus. It's simple, short chapters that give you topics to learn, to apply to your life, to help you grow in your faith. Again, it's readily available. I think it's around six bucks, and the Coming Tsunami, I think it's around twelve dollars or somewhere in that. So those are two books. It's completely optional, but if you choose to read those, I think it will it will be eye opening and will enhance your your study as we work through Second Peter together. And then as we close, before we pray, there's one truth that I want you to remember. That in Jesus, you were made to thrive. So let me ask you this. Are you ready to thrive today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you. I'm thanking you for how good you are to us. How wonderful you are. How gracious you are. And how even though we're so undeserving, you love us anyway. And we're reminded that if you could pick and use rough and tough fishermen like Peter, James, John, if you could pick and choose and use a barely educated shoe salesman like D.L. Moody, that you have a plan and a purpose for us. And we don't have to live in a way where we're beat up and beat down by the world, but you have given us everything we need to thrive in our faith, to live a godly life. In the next few weeks, as we look at 2 Peter together, we look forward to you teaching us. We look forward to seeing what you're going to do and how we can begin to thrive. We thank you, O Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll sing here in just a moment. It's the opportunity that we have um, to respond to, to God, to His Word, to reach out to Him in prayer, to talk to Him openly and honestly and to trust Him to do what only He can do. And that can look very different for different folks. It could be just joining with someone and saying, hey, would you, you pray with me? And I'm sure there's someone available that would love to pray with you. It may be just praying quietly where you are or, or coming down to the front and kneeling at the altar. Or maybe today is a is day when God's just saying, you know, just wants you to, to realize how much I love you. How much... I long for you to be in relationship with me. And today may be the day of salvation where for the first time you understand that I need to repent of my sin and to turn from my sin and self and to turn to Jesus and trust Him in faith. And today can be that day and you can start to thrive in your walk. Or maybe today's the day when the Lord's saying, hey, I want you to plant your roots here and to be a part of what's going on at Cross Timber. Whatever the decision we trust the Lord will lead, as we listen to his voice. And I just invite you to stand up together with us to join as we sing and to respond as God speaks. be seated for, for just a second. Deborah's going to come and make an announcement, but while she's coming, I just want to take a, a second to say goodbye, and we're going to miss um, some of my friends. Um, Elijah and Nabil and Nala are going to leave this week to head to Washington, and along with their grandmother, to be stay with their mom, who's just graduating from nursing school, and we're excited. For you, but we're going to miss you guys too. And so we just want to to let you know how special you are to us, how much we love you, and we just trust the Lord is going to be with you all your days. And we hope you get to come back and visit us because we're we love you guys.
2: This Thursday at six o'clock, meet me at Mod Pizza, which is in front of Kroger on Wilshire. And we're going to have ladies connect, and we're just going to hang out and visit with each other and have some fellowship. So come. You can invite a friend if you want to, and we'll just have a good time visiting with each other. Oh, the van. Also, um, if you don't mind, if there's some of you who would be willing to let me know if you'd be willing to help drive the van. Landon has agreed to drive the last um, Sunday of the month. A bit like this morning, Rusty had to drive just didn't have it in me to do it. So I need help. And so if you can drive and you don't mind driving, it's an easy route. Um, I'd really appreciate your help. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Deborah. Well, we appreciate everyone being here this morning. We hope the Lord has, has spoken. We trust that he has, and we just hope that during the rest of the day, you'll enjoy the delight the of his presence as you, as you walk through your day and as you spend time with family, maybe relaxing or doing something you enjoy. I want to invite you to stand up with us now. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sing our song, um, and when we start to sing, your your dismissed. So, Lord, bless you.